Hello and welcome to the very first episode of The Andrew Haynes Show, a sports business podcast where Andrew brings on some of the most accomplished sports business professionals in order to share their knowledge and stories with others. In the first episode, I sat down with Andrew to introduce you all to who he is and allow him to share more about the journey to where he's at today and the goals that he has for the future. We hope you enjoy. Well, let's get started then. Um, I guess the first question I have for you is if you could just take us back to the beginning of your life, uh, all the way back to Genesis. Uh, <laughs> if you could talk about the beginning of your development journey, that would be, that'd be really helpful for us all to understand. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it feels like such a long time ago, but uh, it, w- it really wasn't too bad. But I grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, I was born in 1978, so I'm 41 years old right now. Um, I have a uh, older brother and sister and a younger sister. And, um, you know, throughout my, you know, childhood, I played sports, played baseball, played soccer, was involved in gymnastics. Uh, when I got into middle school and high school, started playing football, uh, pretty seriously. Um, and was very active. My parents were, were sports fans. So attended a lot of sports, um, games in my, my uh, younger years, you know, going down to uh, the vet in Philly to see the uh, the Phillies and the Eagles, which which I was not a fan of the Eagles. Um, so I always What's I always wrong got with the Eagles. You're uh, well, you know, I don't know. It's like I got harassed a lot in school because that was Eagle territory, and um, I was a Cowboys fan, which makes it even worse. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> why is that? Where, where did the uh, fascination with the Cowboys come from? You know, I think my dad brainwashed me as a kid. Uh, <laughs> like because, most dads do. Yeah. He was, he was a Cowboy fan. And, you know, I remember watching the Cowboys with him as a kid and I just had this hate towards the Eagles, like, like hardcore hated the Philly teams. And, but you know, it was a close team. So we would go down, we'd always go to the games. And I remember as a kid, because it's a lot different now for me when I go to games. But as a kid, man, we would get there as early as we could. We would stay until, like, the players left, like, almost every game. And it's just – it was such a fun part of my childhood is going to those games, going to minor league games. Um, We'd go to Baltimore because Baltimore wasn't too far. Um, So the Orioles and when Camden Yards opened up. So, you know, that that was a lot of fun. But – um, you know, my parents, you know, they they were sports fans. So, uh, for baseball, uh, St. Louis Cardinals, my dad was a huge Cardinals fan and that kind of stuck with me as well. So Cardinals and Cowboys, uh, my mom's a Braves fan, uh, for baseball. So, um, you know, I, I liked the New York Knicks as a kid. My uh, aunt lived in New York city. So I would take a bus and go to New York and stay with my aunt for some time, a few days. And we would go to Madison Square Gardens and check out Knicks games. So, you know, back then, John, John Starks was, was one of my favorite players wow. uh, with New York. And, you know, it was in the 90s when they were battling with, uh, you know, the Bulls. You know, that was mm-hmm. my, you know, middle school, high school years. And I mean, you, you're just an absolute melting pot of all of these different teams from, <laughs> from all across the country. Normally, like like I'm from Minnesota, so I'm 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 a diehard Vikings, Wild, Twins fan. Uh, but it's, that's boring. It's Come all on, over the place. <laughs> it is boring. It is boring. But I guess maybe it's a Minnesota thing. It, it's interesting yeah. to hear that, though. 
Well, you know, I mean, most of the people, you know, where I'm from, obviously, are mo- a lot of them are, are Philly fans. And, you know, it just, you know, I had an opportunity to see some of those other stadiums and other teams and, you know, with the influence of my parents, um, you know, it was fun. Hockey, I really didn't watch much as a kid. I would go to Hershey Bears games, which was uh, American Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoyed that, but I never really had a chance to – I didn't go to – many if any uh nhl games as a kid um maybe one or two um but i remember going to see the washington bullets you know now the wizards play so um it definitely was it was some some great times and i think that kind of um helped put me where i am now just my passion for sports but you know going back to to you know when i was a kid and you know my my parents were both um you know, extremely hard workers. Um, you know, I think that, you know, my, my work ethic has, has definitely come from them. Um, just seeing how, um, you know, how hard and everything that they have done to, um, support the family and, and then just, you know, like my parents are the nicest people in the world. I mean, if, if somebody needs help, they're going to help them if they can, no questions asked. And, you know, it's, you know, as you get older, you start realizing, man, there's a lot of people that aren't like that. You know, if somebody needs help, a lot of people just, you know, I'm busy or they come up with something to, to not help, but um, they would always go out of their way to help people. And, you know, my dad, um, he worked, you know, like a blue collar job for 30 plus years. But during that time, he also um, had a small business. So he would work his business, he would work his, uh, his job from like 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. Monday through Thursday. And then he would get up usually, at least in uh, my middle school years and, and before I, you know, my early part of high school. And then I, I started driving, but uh, he would take me to school every day. And then he would go work his, his business until he went to his other job. So he was really putting, you know, a lot of effort in there and I would always be around there. So if I wasn't in school, I, I mean, it wasn't optional. I probably would have slipped <laughs> in, um, right. but I would go to, I would go to, uh, you know, his, his shop. Uh, he manufactured and sold uh, blinds, mm-hmm. you know, window blinds, mm-hmm. shades and shutters. So, you know, as a kid, I would literally manufacture blinds, um, wow. you know, and, but it was, it, what was cool about it was it really gave me a good sense of, of like, you know, small business and, mm-hmm. you know, just being able to do whatever you have to do. Um, and, you know, by no means, you know, my dad's not a MBA in business or anything like that, but man, he's, he, he taught me a lot. So um, it was really cool to see, um, you know, as a kid. Yeah. Could you, could you wrap? So I see a couple of themes here. I mean, it seems like your parents really instilled a really strong work ethic in you. And it seems like sports were a huge part of your childhood and a lot of the fondest memories that you had growing up. Um, and obviously you've had a huge, you've had a lot of your career has been in, in sports. Um, so I'm curious to hear about um, your journey going from a really big sports fan and having a really strong work ethic to 
carving out a career in sports for yourself. So if you could talk about that, I think that'd be really helpful. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it still kind of started in high school. You know, I, um, you know, I, I had it in my mind, I was going to go play in the NFL and, um, you know, be a professional athlete. <laughs> so, you know, at, at some point the, the reality sinks in, um, you know, 5'11 at best, maybe six foot with my hair spiked. Um, <laughs> you know, in, in high school, I was maybe 170, 180 max. Um, and I played linebacker. So, um, you know, I think in my high school years, I met my, my wife. So I was a junior in high school. And she was a freshman at uh, the local college in Lancaster. And um, we met um, my junior at the end of my junior year. Um, she got pregnant my senior year of high school. Um, so that, that definitely made me uh, reevaluate things. So, you know, just with what I want to do, you know, do I still want to go off to college? Do I still want to, you know, do this. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was there and support, you know, my family. So um, we ended up getting married. I graduated in 1997. June of 1997 was probably probably the biggest month of my life. So in June (laughs) of 1997, I got, I graduated high school. All right. I started my first full-time job which was, uh, you know, kind of close to the Philadelphia area. My mom worked uh, for a a company that was a distributor of uh, insulation and um, other building products. So she was able to help me get in there. Um, So I started a full-time job. um, And then a week or two later, June 21st, I got married. Wow. June June 25th, um, we... My wife and I at the time, then we went to the doctor and there was problems with the the pregnancy. So we had a kid on June 25th and she was uh, two pounds, five ounces, our daughter. And um, so, you know, graduate high school, start a job, get married. Now you have pregnancy issues and you have a two pound, five ounce baby. Um, And she had to stay in the hospital for a month. Right. Um, to, to fully, you know, get cleared. I mean, two pounds, five ounces. I mean, you're talking, you know, in your, in your hands, it's, it was scary. It was very stressful month. And, you know, so, so fast forward, good news. You know, my daughter, she turns uh, 23 next month. Um, She, she lives in Tampa and uh, uh, on June 21st is my 23 year wedding anniversary. So at 41, that's, uh, I'm proud of that. So yeah, that's awesome. But I bring that up because that is kind of, you know, a big motivator in my life, especially in my younger years. So, you know, I started that, that job, um, you know, and, you know, I saw how hard my parents worked and, you know, they did whatever they could for us, but like, man, I wanted, I wanted more, you know, I kind of, like I wanted the Air Jordans. I wanted, you know, <laughs> um, you know, a new car. I wanted a big house. You know, I, I just, I wanted stuff. And so that kind of started my drive, just like wanting more. 
And then having a kid, you're like, you know, I think everybody, it's like, hey, I want to provide, I want to do better for my kids than, than it was for me. And so, um, so I kind of, I got into that business and kind of worked my way up pretty quickly um, to sales position. And then in 1999, um, I started a commercial construction company. And that kind of was the first business that, you know, I went out and started. And, you know, I remember I, I put together this, this, this awesome business plan that I thought and did all this. I designed the logo myself, which I still think is a cool logo. Um, and <laughs> we'll I'm not a to, graphics guy. We'll, we'll have to send that out to the listeners later on. <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go get a loan and, and get this thing going. And, and I remember getting shot down by the bank, you know, for a loan. And, um, you know, I just was patient, but I ended up getting this contract with a company to go in and, and replace their drop ceilings, you know, ceiling tiles and things like that in all their retail stores. And they had, you know, 30, 40 retail stores and they're, you know, 20, 30,000 square feet each. So it was kind of a contract that was able to really help me launch the business. And, and I remember I was like, you know, I was, I was 19 at the time. And uh, I want to say we did like, I don't know, say $30,000 in profit the first month. And then this, the second month, it was like, you know, 60,000 or, you know, something, something ridiculous in two months. And I was like, damn, this is like winning the lottery. I'm rich. I'm rich. <laughs> and uh, I remember I went out, I bought like a brand new truck. We bought new furniture. Yep. Yep. And then I didn't have work for like six months. Yeah, yeah, I was <laughs> and, waiting for uh, that. And so it was, it was funny. Um, but it kind of, it kind of kicked, kickstarted me. Um, and uh, you know, I just, I, I constantly wanted to make money. And so I, I think at that point in my life, I was really kind of driven by that. And I still had that, you know, that itch for sports. And so fast forward, I, I end up, you know, with the construction company, I brought on a partner and we ended up going union. Um, we took the company union and we failed. Um, you know, the, the payroll like quadrupled um, and in commercial construction, it's always you know, it's always a cash flow game. So waiting, you know, when you start doing hundred, two hundred thousand dollar jobs and you have to wait to get paid, you know, 60, 90 days. And when they see me as the owner, you know, back then, man, I probably looked like I was 15, this little, <laughs> little guy. Um, you know, they think they could take advantage and right. I couldn't, couldn't sustain it. Um, but, uh, you know, we also had another business at the time that we, we launched um, was uh, in what I grew up in, Blind Shades and Shutters. And we grew that to three locations, um, sold off and uh, moved to Florida. And so this is kind of, you know, getting to the point of me jumping in sports. So um, I started a company in Florida called Biz Sellers. And basically Biz Sellers was a advertising company. Mm -hmm. And what we advertised was businesses for sale by owner. So instead of hiring a business broker, 
you would come to us and we would be your marketing agency to help you get in front of buyers. So we always said we were the matchmakers for buyers and sellers. Um, so the dating service for, for, for businesses. <laughs> um, and, you know, we had some really good success with that. Um, I liked it because I am, and I still am, I'm so fascinated with business. Like if somebody has a business, I, I come across probably as like a reporter or an investigator because I just, <laughs> I constantly want to learn about business models, processes mm -hmm. and success, mm -hmm. failures. And um, so in Biz Sellers, it really let me do that. And through that company, I would find opportunities and I would buy businesses and flip them. Um, and in 2001, I started a small little semi-pro football team in Orlando. Hmm. And the whole purpose was I wanted to play. So I was like, hey, let's, let's start a team yeah. up. You know, buy, buy your way into professional football. Hey, if, that, if that's what I've <laughs> got to do, that's what I've got to do. Um, but it, it, I'm, I'm so competitive that I really needed, you know, something like that. And, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to like um, go through life with any like resentment or with any like, man, I, I could have, could have, would have, should have stuff. So I was like, you know, let's do this. I'm just going to have fun with it. You know, we have our other business. Um, and so I played, you know, two season and a half, two seasons. Um, we built the team up. I ended up selling the team. Um, the team was called the Orlando Stars when we started. Um, it got bought out and then they merged with another team and they changed it to the Orlando Rage. And the Orlando Rage played until really a few years ago, I think. So, I mean, they were over 10, 10, 15 years, a um, bunch of championships, but you know, at that level, it's, it's purely like, you know, passion, you know, mm -hmm. maybe guys who didn't, didn't do well in school, you know, and you've seen some guys cause they don't get paid, you know, can still go off to college. Um, so we've seen guys, you know, do that, use that as a springboard to get back on the radar of, uh, you know, college football. Um, You've also had some guys that played pro that, you know, got injured, got cut, whatever, but they still want to play. They're local. And so it was a fun time. Uh, but that was kind of my first um, taste of, of sports. And, you know, it was very small level, but, you know, we had, uh, you know, we played at a local high school in, in Orlando and, you know, sold tickets. You know, we had concessions sponsors just all at a small level um hmm. but it was fun really had a good time cool that sounds awesome yeah so you're with you you started with the Orlando Stars um so that kind of you got a taste of of sports business um and clearly uh, you haven't left so uh <laughs> if you could take us through what happened between the Orlando Stars and uh where you are today I'd, I'd love to hear more about that yeah, I mean, so I ended up selling the Orlando Stars, um, sold them for $15,000, um, big money, big money. It's a big payday. <laughs> um, but I ended up moving back back home. You didn't, to, you didn't buy another truck, did you? I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, maybe gas for the truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I ended up moving back to, to Lancaster, Pennsylvania area. And 
I want to say this was probably in about 2003. So I was in Orlando for like two years. Okay. Uh, 2003, I ended up, I, I sold the team down, down in Orlando, uh, moved home, and I started the Lancaster Lightning, another semi-pro football team. And at the same time, I still had biz sellers uh, running. Um, I was still like kind of flipping businesses, buying and selling. Um, and with the Lancaster Lightning, I was like, okay, well, now I might be like, uh, maybe I'm like 21 or two or three, like I'm in my early twenties and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to play anymore. Um, so I decided to coach, um, you know, I love, I love, you know, um, the competitive aspect of it. Um, and I felt like I knew the game. And so, you know, I was kind of, you know, um, focused on that and the business side of it. And I wanted to take everything that I learned down in, in Orlando. And now I wanted to take it to the next level. And so that's kind of been like my process over my career is, you know, what I started at, at the, the, the lowest, lowest of levels you could possibly start at. Okay. And the whole thing for me is, okay, well now let's go a step higher. Let's, let's take it another step higher. Let's, let's do more. Let's, you know, uh, evolve with it. And so we ended up doing really well in Lancaster. We, we averaged over a thousand fans a game, which for that level is, is kind of unheard of. I mean, mostly it's, you know, friends and family out there, a couple hundred fans at, at most. Uh, so did very well. And so at the whole time I'm, I'm like, all right, well, what's, what's the next, what's the next level? Um, and I was still operating this. And mm -hmm. so I was reaching out to, you know, the arena football league. And back then there was another league called the national indoor football league. And this was in uh, probably 2003, 2004 area. Mm -hmm. um, and I got a call one day uh, from the national indoor football league. And they said, Hey, look, we've got a team that just folded or is about to fold. Um, we can get you in the league if you want to finish out their schedule. And so I was like, okay, well, give me some details. And they're like, well, uh, you have to be in Tupelo, Mississippi in like 72 hours or 48 hours. <laughs> it was something like ridiculous. And I was like, oh, shoot. Um, so I already had a team with my semi-pro team. So I was like, okay, we've got a base. Um, obviously no one has a clue of the indoor, um, game. I mean, and it is, it is different. It's, it's different. It, it takes an adjustment. Um, so I was like, you know what, we'll, we'll do it. I mean, sometimes you have these opportunities that you just can't pass up. So I was like, I'm game. We rented some vehicles, like some, some vans and literally drove through the night, um, we got down there, stayed in the hotel. Um, and I just remember it was like playing and, you know, you, it's funny cause you know, you, you kind of think, Oh, wow, we have a decent team. We got some good players. <laughs> and then you get out there and you see like, there's, a, there's a huge difference. And, and it's so funny cause when you say, when you say we, did you bring your team from Lancaster yeah. down to Mississippi to play a game? Oh yeah. And I'm talking <laughs> less than three days notice. So like, you're not talking much practice. You're like, Hey guys, who's, 
who's not working? Who can go? <laughs> and we get thumped. Let me tell you, we got thumped. Wow. It was, uh, it was like, damn, maybe we shouldn't have did that. <laughs> we drove all that way. And now and, you're sitting in the middle of Mississippi. Yeah. The, the, the birthplace of Elvis. And, wow. Uh, great, you know, great arena there. Um, fans were great, like just heckling the hell out of us. And, you know, I was coaching, so it was, it was really awesome just to kind of, you know, I love, I love when you're on the road, you know, and the fans are, are, are getting mm-hmm. on you. So mm-hmm. we, we had a good time. It was like, Hey, all right. Now we know that um, that's definitely a different level. And anyone who operates a semi-pro team thinks that they can come in and win. And it's, it's just not happening at that level. And so we were like, okay, now we have to get better. So at that point during this time, I was helping players, get signed into like AF2, which was the developmental league for the arena league. So I had players that were really good, um, but they weren't playing for me at the time. I was just trying to help them get, you know, get moved up. So we started getting those kind of players to play and, you know, we got more competitive. Um, We didn't get beat by like 90, um, you know, again, but, we finished out that season and there was all kinds of trouble with the league and, and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I, I want to say it might've been my wife and I'm sure she probably regrets it now. She's like, just start your own league. And I was like, well, damn, that's, it's not a bad idea because not only then can we, you know, have a team without having to pay a hundred or multiple, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars for one. We do it, whatever it takes us to start it up. Um, and we have something to sell. You know, since we had biz sellers, we were all about buying and selling businesses. And so we launched, and I say we, cause you know, my wife and I have been basically business partners from day one. Mm-hmm. So we, she's been very active in everything. Um, so we launched the Atlantic Indoor Football League and we had six teams, Erie, Pennsylvania, Johnstown, PA, Canton, Ohio, Richmond, mm-hmm. Virginia, mm-hmm. Raleigh, North Carolina, and Charlotte, North Carolina. Hmm. Now, Raleigh was a travel team from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And year two, they go to Dorton Arena in Raleigh. And um, we had issues in Charlotte with the ownership. So we had to kind of get rid of the owner and – uh, we made that a travel team. So we basically had four teams with arenas and two travel teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I look back and I was like, man, for if I knew what I knew now and was had that opportunity again, man, we could have really exploded that because the timing was, was good. Mm-hmm. Um, arena football was really popular back then. Um, but we had some, some really good players in the league, Tim McKire, former, uh, you know, NFL DB, who's, who played for years and years, a couple Super Bowl rings. He was our league commissioner. Um, but uh, it, was, it was definitely a learning experience because then I'm negotiating with all these cities and I, I'm creating something, you know, out of my mind. So we have no history to, to back us up. So, <laughs> you know, and here I am, I'm, I'm 25, 24 at the time. Um, and I'm going in meeting with the mayors and these county commissioners and convincing them to, 
to give us a good deal so we could bring mm-hmm. a team there. Mm-hmm. And I slowly started selling the teams. I think the first few teams I sold for 25,000, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then, you know, just kind of grew it, grew it from there. Um, I think the biggest struggle I've had my entire, my entire career has probably been not being funded as well as I should have. And, you know, I mean, I've, I've been all over the map on that. I mean, you know, with my last team in Florida, you know, I had a few hundred thousand dollars, you know, um, that I personally invested. Um, but I've had teams where I've put zero dollars in. So, I mean, it's, you know, and sometimes it's, it's been how I've been able to bounce back. Um, but I've also been bitten a few times by that because, you know, give you an example in our first year with uh, the Atlantic indoor football league, we had a, um, actually it was our, our second year. Um, we had a deal with Rawlings Sporting Goods. Rawlings Sporting Goods manufactured our footballs. So <clears throat> we had 16 teams at the time. So we grew from six to 16 teams. Um, and Rawlings was like, look, this is a lot of footballs. Because back then, if the ball goes in the stands, you keep it. Well, those, those footballs aren't cheap. I mean, those are, um, you know, if you go through 50 footballs a game, you know, and they're 10 to 15 bucks a piece cost, I mean, you know, it, it adds up quick. So every team orders thousands of footballs per season. So let's just say the, the average team spending 10 or 15,000. So we were, you know, about $200,000 order with Rawlings. The only way Rawlings would do it is if I personally guaranteed the order. And so that was uh, mistake number one as a 25 or 26 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally guaranteed that whole order when that is basically the team's responsibility to, mm-hmm. to, to buy those. Mm-hmm. So half the teams don't pay for them. What's that do? It lets me hold in the bag. Mm-hmm. And so I got sued by Rawlings. Um, I think we ended up owing them like 70 something thousand dollars. Um, you know, it took a few years, but, um, you know, we've, we've definitely, we've, we've gone back and worked with them after that, but, but that was a learning experience for me is it's like these other guys who stiffed, stiffed the payment, nothing, nothing happened to them. Um, it happened to me personally, because I, I put my neck on the line for other people. And, and I think that's one of the things that it's one of those learning lessons. And, you know, if if I screw up on myself, that's on me, but I don't like the fact that I kind of got stuck there. Um, and it, it won't happen again. That's for sure. So <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not personally guaranteeing anything for anyone other than my, myself or my wife. Well, that's a good, that's a good lesson learned right there. So the Atlantic indoor football league, um, and that was what year, when, when did that, uh, when did we, that We launched it in 04. Okay. Um, our first season was in 05. Okay. And so, um, Richmond, the Richmond bandits ended up beating, uh, the Erie freeze in the championship. And, and there was that, the, the I think it was the Erie civic center back then. They, the place was packed. I, it was sold out or, or, you know, within, you know, a hundred or 200, you know, tickets. It was, it was packed. It was awesome. Um, then we grew 
that second year. So we changed the name to American Indoor Football League. And we basically, the, the way we had growth was, uh, and, and to, I still kind of go back and forth on, you know, this um, decision that I made to just go start the teams. So I found it's hard to find people to buy a expansion team. You know, like they're basically buying a piece of paper that says they can play. So what I wanted to do is kind of create a system where everything is done for them. You know, logo design, team name, staff is in place. You have your arena lease negotiated. You already are getting uh, season ticket uh, deposits and money. You're already getting um, sponsors on board. And so I found it was a lot easier to find owners when you put those pieces together. Um, the downside is if you don't find owners, then you own the teams and you know, it's all about cash flow. I mean, it's, it's really what it comes when you don't have large amounts of money to lose. And when I'm saying large, I'm talking seven figures. It's, it's tough because yeah, I remember one time I was like, Oh, we're, we're sitting nice. We have, you know, over $200,000 um, in the bank. Well, something happened and that 200,000 is gone in like 30 days, you know, just from, you know, little bills that add up. Like you wouldn't even think you're like, Oh, there's no way. And, and it does. So um, I think we needed it to have the growth. Um, but the risk reward, I am on the fence on still on, on that, that process. I, if, if, if I was ever in a position where, you know, I had the right, like, like where the XFL was, like what they were doing is like the right concept. And I truly believe that kind of concept can, can work if properly funded um, and you have a plan in place because if you can control all aspects of every team, um, it's so much better. I mean, dealing with 16 or 15 different owners, all these different egos yeah, and it, all these, yeah. all these people, you know, I know how Josh feels. From, it's interesting. Uh, the MASL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, well, and the American association. So, yeah. I mean, with both of those leagues, it's difficult to, to get economies of scale when everybody's operating off of a different system, but because of the way that the leagues are structured, you can't have the teams be franchises of the league like you can't force them to do certain things so it's interesting like as yeah. you as you walk through the story of of the american indoor football league and you're trying to create economies of scale for these teams and and bring everybody together under one roof i think there's a business case for it i think i think there really is i think it what you've probably learned is it gets really interesting when there's other people involved and you're trying to manage everybody else's um, teams as well and they everybody has their own um, self-interest in it one way or another some people want to make uh, money off of the team and have it be cash flow positive every single year and other people are just doing it to have have a good time and they don't really care about the money that they lose so that might have a negative effect on the league so I think it's it's really it's an interesting model that you're bringing up yeah and I, I, maybe, I mean, maybe we can expand on that in a, in a later episode as yeah, well yeah yeah no, it's, I, I mean, I could talk all day. So, I mean, there's just, um, but that's, that's kind of where I got to. And so I kind of got, um, I ran out of money 
You know, mm-hmm. I, I think looking back, the one thing I did in that second year was I funded several teams without anybody knowing. So teams got in trouble and instead of letting them just shut down or, or let them have their own issues, I um, put the money in and got them through the season. And I, I hear um, a lot of other commissioners or league, because I was the league president at the time as well. It's like, it's, you, it's really the worst job in the world because no matter what happens, it's your fault. Unless <laughs> there's success, if there's success, well, it wasn't you, it was, it was the other guy. But if there's any failure, it's all because of you. And that is so, that was so frustrating. But so I think looking back, that's one thing I wouldn't have done. I, I probably would have just been hardcore and said, you know what? Uh, the bank's not giving you money. The Andrew Haynes bank is not giving you money. And because I took such a bath in the media anyway. So it's like, what's, what would have been the difference PR wise or even business wise, if I would have just let those teams fail at the end of the day, what I did was I saved face for those owners and got nothing out of it. I didn't even get a thank you. And Hmm. it's very aggravating thinking about it now. Um, But I mean, the, again, you, you, you learn and um, you live and learn. So um, I, didn't, I didn't go to school. I didn't really have a mentor at that time in the sports world. So mm-hmm. I'm figuring out it, you know, figuring it all out as I go. Um, and it definitely costs. So I did pay for several college educations. Uh, <laughs> just, just didn't get the degree, I guess. <laughs> you paid for it in a different way. Yeah. Um, so that's so. Did did we get to the point where the league? So the league went bankrupt, or the league? The league basically ran out of money. Yeah, I mean the the. So what happened was I was, I had a deal to sell the league to a publicly traded company. Okay. Um, and one of the owners lost money, and decided to sue me because he lost money, and you know I think. I ended up losing the lawsuit because I didn't respond. So it became a huge lawsuit and it it killed the deal. Um, The guy owned a team in North Carolina and, you know, I think that lawsuit has, has helped some because I'm very careful with uh, since then with um, talking about the sale of teams because, you know, I may have been a little aggressive um, with, Hey, you can make money with this. Or like, if somebody asks me now, look, you're not going to make anything. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to lose money, plan on losing. Because <laughs> if you give somebody the, the thought that they're going to make money and they don't, then they're going to be mad. Yeah. And, and to be honest, the, the lawsuit was dumb. If, if my attorney would have responded in time or told me he couldn't respond because it was in a different state, then um, we would have did it. And we could have opened it back up in federal court. But at that point it cost $50,000. It would have cost fifty thousand dollars in attorneys and everything, and we settled for less than that. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I still talk to the guy who who was the owner of that team. I don't have. I mean, it's business is business, you mm-hmm. know. And I, hell, he, him and his family have come over to my house after that for a barbecue. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's in the past, but but because of that, it killed my deal. And I want to say it was for like a low seven figure uh, sale. Um, so I ended up selling to two other guys, Mike Mink and John Morris. 
Um, you know, I stayed on as, as a consultant for a little bit, um, kept some ownership in another team. Um, and they changed the name to the American Indoor Football Association. So instead of league, it was association. Um, and, you know, I kind of just, you know, I had a bad taste in my mouth after that, after, you know, a couple of those lawsuits and um, just, you know, ups and downs and kind of, you know, taking taking some heat for stuff that I didn't do. Um, so I kind of worked my way out of that. And so from there, you sold the league. And from what you've said so far, you like to keep yourself busy. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I can't stand uh, not being busy. That's the yeah, problem. And I'm sure you already had your fingers in a couple of different things um, yeah. at the time. So I'm curious, where did you go from there? Where did, the, where did uh, Andrew's journey take him next? Well, I, I still had part ownership of, uh, of a football team there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started looking at what else can I do? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, this whole time, it's like every year, you know, now we're getting into like 06, 07. Um, you know, 07 is about when 07, 08, I guess, um, is when I decided to launch a uh, marketing agency. You know, it was one of those things I was paying so much money, you know, operating the league um, to marketing companies. And, and I was like, let's just bring it all in house. Let's save money and then we can get more production as well. So that's kind of what we did. And, and at that point I was still getting, um, I was, I was kind of getting involved on the political side. So in, when did Obama run? Was that, was that 08? Yeah. 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 So this would have been 07 then. Um, I started doing a lot of political consulting uh, from a marketing standpoint we did a lot of robocalls. We were doing stuff for governors, senators, uh, Congress uh, people, uh, local level as well. We were doing website design. So we were, it was kind of weird. We were doing sports and we were doing politics. <laughs> and, you know, at that point, I really, really got into, um, you know, the political thing. You know, just, again, the competitive nature of it. Um, it was, it was appealing, but kind of at that same time, I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta do something else in sports though. So I started, um, the mid Atlantic hockey league and, um, kind of the same, same thing as, as football, you know, we started with, I, I want to say we had six teams. I don't, I don't recall offhand, but we had, uh, um, let's just say five or six teams, um, started getting owners in them. So I had ownership throughout. Um, and, you know, it was, it was definitely another, another learning curve, especially when you're not properly funded, you know, we, we really needed, you know, um, seven figures instead of six figures for this project. Um, and, you know, we, we played a season, we ended up cutting our season short. Um, I ended up, you know, selling the league for a dollar, um, just to, just to not be in it. Um, and then I kind of went into hibernation mode. Um, you know, I was still doing my marketing stuff and, you know, still kind of buying and selling stuff here and there, but really focused on the marketing, um, kind of was out of sports for 
probably about a year. And, you know, during that time, I, I kind of got focused back on the political side. And so I ran for state representative. And uh, I'm crazy. I know. I, I mean, yeah, sports, I just, yeah, politics. I say, <laughs> there's something not right. There's something not right. From, that's okay, though. That's all right. No, but you know what? And it's it was definitely eye-opening. Um, but I mean, it, it was, it was also a fun experience. I mean, I, you know, met, you know, the governors and, you know, all, all kinds of, you know, political people. And, um, you know, I knocked on thousands of doors, you know, during my campaign, I got 14,000 wow. plus votes. Um, I ended up losing, but, uh, um, you know, the, the person who I ran against, he's a career, he was a career guy and, you know, it was in Ohio. They, they, uh, they have term limits. So they, they flip flop the Senate and the, uh, state house position. So every eight years, the two guys that have been in there have, have just flip flopped for the last 20, 30 years. So they had name recognition and, and all that, but it was definitely a fun experience. And at the same time, I was kind of, slowly coming out of, you know, my shell from, you know, kind of the, the bad taste I've had in my mouth with, with uh, the way football ended and, and hockey. And, you know, I get a call from uh, a friend of mine who um, he was, he was one of the first people to buy a football team from me back when I started the AIFL. He, he was the, uh, the owner of the Richmond uh, bandits who won the championship. So, um, you know, he called me, you know, and, and once you're in it, it's hard to get out. It's, it's, it's really tough. It's like a drug because it's, it's so addictive and you get out and you miss, you miss it. And so he was kind of going through withdrawal because he sold his team like two years later, I was going through withdrawal and, but I was like, look, I, I can't put myself out there. I've already taken a beating. I'm the one whose, you know, name was drugged through the mud. So how can I, you know, rebuild this? And so, you know, we started kind of putting together the pieces to, to do that. And over a year, you know, we had a good plan in place. Um, up until that point, I never had a business partner. It was always a hundred percent, me or or whatever so with the leagues with any teams i owned um that's how it was so we're like look let's let's create a partnership and let's take all this marketing stuff that you know i've been building over the last few years and let's take all those things to the next level and so we put together this plan at the time i had a really and i, I still do but um I had a great relationship with SMG. SMG manages arenas and stadiums. And I think they just merged with somebody and their, their name is something else now. But SMG was the largest arena management company uh, for years. So I reached out to them with our concept. And I said, look, we'd love to launch our new concept in all SMG arenas. And so we were like, we want it to be, you know, geographical. We want it to be, you know, the deals have to be good. So we ended up partnering with them on six arenas 
and um, we did this, basically the concept that I, I always wanted to do, um, where we launched everything. We, we created everything. Um, and that's kind of what we did. And then we sold off every team, um, except one. We kept one team for us and sold off the rest. And then at the end of the year, one of our owners in the league wanted to buy the, wanted to buy the league from us. So at that point, that's when I decided to, uh, that, uh, Michael, uh, my partner and I, uh, Michael Taylor, we're going to start a team in Southwest Florida called the Florida Tarpons. And so we were both going to relocate there. Southwest Florida is beautiful, man. It's one of the nicest places yeah, around. Yeah. Um, my, my grandparents are snowbirds. So I oh, got to yeah. go down there. Uh, well, the twins, that's where the twins have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're in training. Fort, Fort Myers. Yeah. They, that, yep. they live like 15 minutes from there. So really yeah. familiar with the area and I would highly recommend it for anybody that wants to go down. Oh there. man. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's an awesome spot. So, so we were going down there, you know, we just, and you know, it was kind of like, man, we, we put this thing together, we built it up, we sold it because we, we ended up selling it. Um, we kept the, the team in Fort Myers, Estero, which is uh, right next to Fort Myers. Right. And um, we kept the rights, I think, to another couple teams or something like that as, as part of the deal. And, we were happy. I, I'll tell you, I was living large down there. I mean, I, <laughs> I was, I was living large, uh, for, for a little while. Um, as part of the deal, um, I had to stay on with the league as well. So I, I stayed on as the league president and still had that team. So, um, so we're really building the Tarpons kind of is like, now we could take all this knowledge we've had over the last five, six, eight years and really take this one to a whole nother level. And we, I think we, we did really well there. Um, we did really well. Um, a couple issues happened though. Um, our team was, was one of the best um, on the field and off the field. Um, the person who purchased the league from us um, got arrested. He, it turns out, embezzled money from his company that he worked for. He was the CFO of, of a company. And so, yeah, it was like, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> uh, because this guy bought the league and he owned a handful of the teams in the league. Mm -hmm. So we had to really figure things out quickly because um, we couldn't do anything because he owned it. So we were able to work out a deal where we bought the league back for a dollar. Um, and then that let us kind of continue because this was like right before the season kicked off and our team was killing it. So it kind of put a halt on a lot of things. So we had to revise the schedule because – we, we dropped his teams, you know, we didn't keep, we didn't keep all those teams cause we weren't gonna, you know, be responsible financially for them. Um, and so that was kind of, you know, what we did. We got, we, we ended up playing the season. We got through it. Uh, we hosted the championship. We were the number one team in the regular season. 
I made my arena football debut as a player uh, <laughs> in a in a game that didn't matter. At that point, we were undefeated. Yeah. Nice. Um, I scored a touchdown. <laughs> um, I got some scars from the turf, uh, but it was it was a fun time. I mean, we we were killing everybody, and it was like we had to do something kind of different. And you know, a lot of people liked it. Some people, you know, thought it was silly. But you know what? When you own the thing, you can do whatever the hell you want. So. Right. Right. Especially when you have the league and the team. So, yeah. you know what? I did it once. I'm not going to do it again. But um, uh, we ended up hosting the championship game against uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati Commandos. And it's the only one we lost that year. It was, uh, oh. man, it was rough. It was rough. Were you playing that game? No. no. That's, that's the reason you lost right I, there. I, I, <laughs> I've never lost a game that I've played in, <laughs> in arena football. <laughs> Um, but no, it's, it was, uh, it was, it was tough, but we, um, at that point I was like, I was at a point where like, I don't want to operate the league. I don't want to do the league. I've, I've kind of been through that. And like I said, it's, it, there is nothing positive. I, what commissioner is praised in any sport? I don't, I, right. I don't know. And Josh, Josh Schaub will come on the show in a little bit here and he will, he'll tell you. I mean, if you want to be liked or <laughs> yeah. you, you want to feel like you made the right decision and have, have approval from everybody, don't be a commissioner. Yeah, never. You, you never will. No, never will. no. And it's, it's – nobody understands that it's not been in there, but it is. And so at that point, I was like, look, I don't want that. And so when we did the deal, part of our deal was when we sold it, we had a team that we were launching in St. Louis. And so I said to my, um, my partner, Michael, and we had brought on another local partner down in Fort Myers. I said, look, guys, I really don't want to be part of the league. Okay, I've, I've, I'm mentally, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with that part of it. So I'm willing to give up my ownership in the Tarpons and the league uh, in exchange for 100% ownership in St. Louis. And, and a I think I, I think they gave me a little bit of cash or something, but um, so that's what I did. And we launched and um, I still lived in Fort Myers. I would go up there once a month. And during that time, that's when I got introduced to indoor soccer. <laughs> so, and uh, you know, St. Louis has such a huge, huge history of indoor soccer. And the league um, knew we had a football team there. They knew we were, we were doing pretty well. They knew how much success I had down in Fort Myers. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, what do you think about putting a soccer team in there? And they gave me their spiel. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. these guys, they're just trying to sell me like, you know, this is the greatest market ever. That's, that's all you ever hear people talk about when they're starting to team. Right. oh, this is right. And so I was like, I've, I've heard this bullshit market. before. So, you know, just let's, let's see. So they put me in touch with uh, a guy named Brian Roth, who, who was working for the Kansas city comments and he's from St. Louis. He's um, he's, he knows more about indoor soccer probably than anyone I've ever met. Um, and so he was trying to, he had somebody that was looking at, at uh, putting a team there. And so he connected me with that guy to see if it would be something because Again, you know, I'm doing a little bit, you know, I'm doing okay financially, but I'm not 
I'm not where they need to be. You know, I mean, they were selling the franchises for $250,000. They wanted, you know, multi-million dollars net worth at the time. I didn't have all that. Um, But what I did have is, um, you know, a strong work ethic and they knew that I could get it done. And so we were able to work out a deal um, to get St. Louis. And, you know, it was, we, there was some certain requirements because we didn't, I didn't cut a check for the full franchise fee up front. I had to work out a deal with them, you know, and I was like, look, if you want a team there, we already have staff. We already have an arena deal, which was probably one of the best arena deals in the league. We've got everything ready to go but I don't have $250,000 to give you right now. So, you know, and that's probably everybody who, you know, 90% of the people who talk to these leagues, you know, don't have it. But what I do have is the know-how and, you know, the good and the bad. And so I put together a business plan and presented it to the league office. The the league office was the USL back then. So, you know, they've exploded since then. This was in uh, 2012, 2000. Yeah, about 2012 is when I first started talking to him because 2013 was the first season. And I had a uh, uh, a 1% partner in St. Louis for football. Um, they increased their ownership interest when we went to soccer. Uh, her name was Shelly Clark and Will Clark. Um, and so the league approved and with a couple stipulations, we couldn't announce publicly until I made, you know, X amount of deposit um, to them towards the fee and all that stuff. And, and they worked it out where, you know, they'd let me pay out the fee over a few years or something like that. Um, Cause they needed a team. And so it was kind of like, you know, a great situation for me because, Hey, I'll go in and hustle. I'll build this thing up. Mm-hmm. And we did that. And I, I think St. Louis has been one of the most successful, you know, teams mm-hmm. on the business side yep. since I brought it back. And um, so when that happened, one of the things they, they did kind of say, Hey, look, I, I think we can make this work, but we want you there. Like, mm-hmm. cause at the time I was still living in Fort Myers. They're like, if you're there, we have more confidence that, you know, you, the lack of funding will <laughs> will balance out because you'll be there living it. And right. Right. so that was a tough sell for my family, you know, my wife. And I mean, how do you go from Fort Myers to anywhere? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. And so we ended up going to um, back and forth. My daughter was a freshman in high school at that time. So that also added added issues but um we went to um we went up there a few times i took the family and it's nice it was it was real mild winters when we'd go up there so it, it helped that first year mm-hmm. and then as soon as school was over that may it was like the end of may we moved we moved to st louis and um i remember the first night we got there um my son and I were driving uh, the moving truck and uh, we're getting into St. Louis. It's probably like midnight or something. And there's like, we haven't really been around like Florida has storms, Mm -hmm. but like, not like this. Yep. 
there was like tornadoes and like oh like it was like yeah. there's sirens going off we're like what the hell is going on my yeah. son is like i'm trying to think he was probably like fifth grade like in elementary school he's, he had to be in elementary school mm-hmm. and so he's scared i'm scared i'm i'm trying not to be scared um but he and i get to the hotel and i think my my wife and daughter get there the next day but um you know we got moved up there and i just i just told my wife lee i was like look we just we gotta do everything we can to make this thing huge so we just have to sacrifice everything time whatever it takes and so she she and i started it um the first two months we were looking for off we didn't have office space so we finally got office space we finally got you know we ended up hiring the guy brian roth he was our direct assistant gm i think at that point and director of ticket sales and we started building the front office team and i remember man it, it got to like about the end of august so that was like june three months and i was like damn we have we have so much expense coming up how are we gonna do this um but i guess before we get to august the league was like hey we need another team in the league because all the owners were like we want more teams we want more teams there's only six teams in the league and so i was negotiating with uh Wichita, Kansas, and um, Redding, Pennsylvania. And Redding gave us the better deal. So we brought on a, another partner. Um, I think he was at maybe 10% as well. And uh, we made him the CEO of that team. And we launched the, the Redding, uh, the Pennsylvania Roar that same year. So, so we had the, I had the stress of, of two teams uh, that, that first year. And so I was still going back and forth a little bit, but um, the one partner was really focused on that. And um, St. Louis was at a point where, man, we we were bringing in revenue, but I was like, damn, we we need like a lot more revenue than, than this. And finally it's like, we hit, I don't know what it was, but we ended up signing our first big deal. And then like two weeks later, another big deal. And then from then on, it was like game over in St. Louis. We had some great crowds. Um, we had great ticket revenue. Um, and we just struggled on the field. And, but I always say like, look, we're not going to be the Yankees where we have the, the top players in the league. We're going to, we're going to be Oakland and we're going to, we're going to do the best that we can. We're going to, we ended up having the rookie of the year we've had the rookie of the year the first two years I was there. Um, but we, we built that up. Um, I, the league gave me a deal on Reading to save them. Um, and then at the end of the season, the first season, the, the league, basically the USL wanted to get out of indoor soccer. So they let us all out of our contracts and our teams merged with another league called the PASL, which was kind of like a lower level league. And we created the, the MASL, which is currently the major arena soccer league. And so we had that, um, you know, we had that going. And then, you know, we, you know, we had the team there. My thing was I missed Florida, you know, I miss Florida now. I'm not in Florida. It's like, <laughs> I, I mean, that's just my spot anywhere in Florida almost. Um, 
so we talked about it as a, as a family and we're like, look, you know what? We've done pretty good here with, with, uh, with the ambush, with the attack, the attack was our arena football team. And, um, let's, you know, let's, let's move back to Florida when Natira, which is my daughter graduates high school. So, so that was kind of the plan. Um, and, and that's kind of what we worked for in 2014 in St. Louis, our arena football team was killing, killing everybody. And, you know, that was, that was probably the last fun season I had in, in indoor football. Um, but we won every game. We get to the championship game. I mean, we have the, we got seven plus thousand fans there. It's, it's rocking. It's absolutely rocking. And we lose in the uh, last minute of play. They and didn't put you in again, did they? No, they didn't. They did not. <laughs> they and didn't learn their lesson the first time. No, it was tough. It was tough. We had a sponsor ready to buy championship rings for us. We had, you know, wow. it was just kind of like the perfect season. And we right. just, we just, uh, we fumbled the ball on the goal line with like 40 seconds left. Wow. We would have taken the lead, um, but we fumbled it on the goal line. Oh. They ran it back for a touchdown. Oh. Um, but so that was my other really close um, call. So over the next, we we played another season with the uh, with the attack arena football, and at that point, I just was I wasn't having fun. Everybody was complaining. The players, you know, they they you know they started getting big egos with, you know, winning, um, Mm -hmm. winning last season and and how everything went and like, it just wasn't fun. So mid season, I was like, this is my last season with indoor football, you know? And so I ended up selling the team at the end of the season. And that's when, you know, we just had the ambush and we were fine with that because the ambush was the, the real revenue generator. Mm-hmm. And so my daughter graduates. Um, she graduated early, which was nice. She graduated in December. So half, half school year early. Nice. Um, so we didn't wait until June. We, we moved over the Christmas break. Yeah. Um, to celebration, Florida. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and we went back. Well, I would go back on a regular basis because of the ambush. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, my daughter's graduation was there and it was cool. Her graduation was in the arena that we play in. So oh, that's awesome. Um, that's awesome. So that was cool. And, you know, at that point I'm kind of like, ah, maybe we should just sell St. Louis, you know? And so we started having talks. We had a couple of people approach us and my partners, um, Shelly and, and Will Clark, they ended up kind of putting together a group that, that bought the team. Mm-hmm. And that, that whole time, I'd say that last uh, that last year of uh, that I owned St. Louis, I was also launching uh, the Tropics in Lakeland, and kind of my plan at the time was to put a team in Lakeland and a team in uh, Orlando, mm-hmm. and that's why I moved to Celebration. I was like, look, I want to have a team in a market where I want to live. And, and St. Louis was great. Don't get me wrong. I just like, I'd rather it be a hundred degrees and all this humidity than yeah. cold. <laughs> so yep. my body doesn't do good with cold. Um, so, you know, we get that, we get the, the tropics launched and, and that's kind of when um, 
you know, right before the season, we ended up selling St. Louis in October, uh, end of October. So mm -hmm. literally as the season's coming up. Mm -hmm. um, and so we just had the, the tropics and, you know, the tropics, um, that's the team I probably invested, you know, the most upfront in mm -hmm. ever, mm -hmm. you know, I was uh, over 200,000 cash out of my pocket. Um, wow. So usually I haven't had to personally invest that kind of money, but um, that team I did. And I found out it's a really, really tough market and mm -hmm. it wasn't St. Louis. So, um, you know, I, I made some changes. I brought on some other partners to kind of help because I was still kind of an outsider in that market. Mm -hmm. um, Josh Schaub, you know, became our commissioner, you know, during that time. And, uh, you know, we, I think we did okay. I mean, the team, the team has been there, um, you know, I don't know, five seasons, six seasons now. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, St. Louis has been there since uh, 13, mm -hmm. you know, playing. So, I mean, they're still moving along strong. Um, you know, the tropics were, were in first place this past season in the, in the league, but um, after the first season or right before the first season ended with the tropics, I sold the majority and I kept, uh, you know, a 20% stake. And then over the next two years, I sold that off. Just, it's tough for me if I'm not active, if I'm not going to be involved, I'd rather not have ownership. Okay. So that was kind of where that was uh, with the tropics. Okay. And kind of getting going from there. I mean, you know, the, the, there was a team struggling in the MASL um, in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was asked to kind of help out there. So I started, you know, just kind of consulting there and, and then some things really hit the fan and um, I ended up just being the GM and kind of getting it through the season this past, uh, this past season. So, mm -hmm. and fast forwarding, you know, at the same time, really the past two years from now, I've been kind of looking at, you know, um, what I want to do in my career. You know, I, I realized, look, I'm not a money guy. I've never, I've never been the money guy, you know, mm -hmm. and I've never claimed, I've never claimed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, everybody assumes you have this or that, but you know, I've, I've done, I've done well, but, um, I've also had some, some, some struggles. So, um, I know that to do what I want to do, I don't have the money. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I want to do is be at the highest level possible. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like I've, I've done well, um, you know, at the minor league level, at the, um, independent minor league level. Yep. And, and you've certainly learned a lot. Oh man. Un, unbelievable mm -hmm. um, amount of learning. And, and I think at the stage of my life now, it's, it's all I want to do. Like, I just want to mm -hmm. soak up knowledge. And mm -hmm. um, so about two years ago, I was like, it might've been, even, it was when I was, gosh, I guess it was even further when I started thinking about it, it was I was in St. Louis because I was talking to the NBA G League, mm -hmm. their, their president, Malcolm Turner at the time, about, hey, what would it take to bring a G League team to St. Louis? Mm. And when I found out it was like $5 million at the time, I was like, okay, well, that's <laughs> we take a post-dated check. Yeah. I, I don't know how <laughs> else I can do it. So, um, But he and I had some great conversations, and he's like, well, have you thought about, you know, um, you know, maybe working for a team. Mm 
Yeah. And, you know, at one point in my career, I was like, man, I, my ego was too big or I just, I didn't want to work for somebody else. Um, but as I got to know the, the MBA business model and kind of see some of these other, you know, start talking to these other executives at the other leagues, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know what, to have the resources and backing that they have, and then to have my skill set, I just think I would be, I think I could kill it. And I wanted to prove myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's been, a, it's been a challenge because there's negative stuff out there about me from the struggles. So, you know, right. you, you might talk to somebody and they like you and they, they you know, you, you talk about that. And sometimes you don't even bring it up because it's, it's, it's kind of awkward. How do you bring that up? Like, you know, <laughs> right. not that I'm hiding it, but like, how do you, oh, yeah, how do you talk about yeah. it? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm great. You know, you want to talk about how great you are, but you know, I always, I'm always honest, like, man, I've, I have fallen all over my face in my, my lifetime. Mm -hmm. I am the farthest thing from perfect, but I have, I don't even know what you want to call it, but I just have this burning desire to be the best. And I don't care what anybody says out there. Like, like, they're not going to stop me from achieving what I want to achieve. And, you know, I have some very aggressive goals and I, and, and I have multiple ones because well, really I have, I think this would be, this would be interesting. Well, I mean, uh, you know, my, my most aggressive goal is, you know, I want to be the president of a major league f- sports franchise by the time I'm 50. Mm-hmm. So I've got, I've got, you know, nine years you know, eight and a half years. So I don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I also, there's also other goals that would be up there as well. I mean, I could be, you know, in a similar role with, uh, you know, a G league team and, mm-hmm. or, you know, an affiliated hockey or baseball team. Those aren't, you know, as high, but I could definitely uh, enjoy those and, and be happy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm trying to position myself to be in that spot. And so I'm starting to do things to make sure that I am. So the first thing was, all right, let's get a job number one so that me personally, I can make sure I can work for somebody else. Cause right. you know, at 41, the last time I had a job was when I was 19. Holy so, crap. you know, you know, I haven't had a boss other than coworkers or owners in the league. So can I actually take somebody telling me what to do? And so I, I've been networking over the last few years for, for the opportunity. Um, you know, I've had, had some jobs that have wanted me that, you know, maybe the location or the money wasn't right. I've had some that I've wanted that I was a finalist for, but mm-hmm. you know, they didn't want me. Um, so, you know, I've just been kind of networking and out of the blue, I got a call from a, um, somebody who does like sales training and, and recruiting. And she's like, Hey, you know, I, I, uh, I got a team that um, is looking for a VP of sales and she started rattling it off the stuff. And I was like, sure, I'd, I'd be interested. And so, you know, it was like a few month process, but I ended up uh, taking the position with the Fredericksburg nationals. It's uh wearing my hat today since it's, uh, it's, it's, it's off day. Um, but we, I'm the vice president of sales there. So I'm over 
partnership sales, ticket sales, box office. Mm -hmm. And the team was really struggling before I got here. It was, I could hear it in the, the ownership's voices when I met with them and talked with them. There was huge, huge concern about the lack of revenue generation. And it's, it kind of scared me because I wanted to make sure that this jump that I make is very strategic and will help me achieve what I want to achieve. I don't want it to set me back. So if I take this position and I don't produce, then I'm, you know, then I'm dead basically. Um, so I wanted to make sure that whatever I have to do um, to make it work, I do. And so, you know, it took some convincing with the family. Um, again, they've been, they've been, troopers about, you know, moving from, you know, we've been in St. Louis, Canton, Ohio, and then uh, Florida. So um, now I'm asking them to move to Virginia. You know, now my son's in high school. He's a sophomore. Yeah. And um, I was like, look, guys, I, I need this to, to help me get to where I want to, you know, be professionally. And, you know, they sacrificed for me, which, um, you know, means a lot. Um, but that also adds more pressure because I got to make sure that I produce. And so far, I mean, I started up here in January and at the same time, I was still working for the uh, major arena soccer league as the GM of the Orlando team. So when I took this job, they were under, they understood that I would split time between Virginia and, and Florida. And so um, it worked out. We got the team through the season for soccer and we got this team rolling. Uh, we really, we, we blew it out of the, the water. And I think the staff that, that is here is, man, they're so talented. There's so much potential. And I think when I got here, there was, there was a lack of, you know, kind of leadership on the sales side and mm -hmm. there was no confidence. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was able to kind of, come in with that leadership and um, motivation and, and help them produce. And uh, that was my biggest focus is getting them to produce first. Cause I know that, you know, as I settle in, I'll, I'll produce myself, but if I can get the team producing, you know, there was 11 of us at the time. Um, that's more powerful than one person. So mm -hmm. we got that rolling. I mean, we, we've got, we've been, we've been knocking it out of the ballpark. And again, we're selling a new city, a new ballpark. These people haven't seen it. So we're selling a vision. Yeah. In the midst of uh, COVID-19. It's, it's crazy. And you know, we, we shrank down our sales team some, but our sales team is still, we still sell. Wow. I mean, I just uh, got a contract in yesterday for a small partnership. So you know, we're not out there hardcore, like, you know, blowing, blowing the phones up, but right. we're definitely still prospecting. We're still mm -hmm. out talking to um, businesses by email and phone. And mm -hmm. if companies are ready and willing, then we're going to continue the process. If they're like, Hey, let's talk in June, then that's talk what we do. Again. But yeah. there's people still buying every day. I mean, we sold mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of season tickets this week in a partnership. Um, so it's definitely not the numbers that we were doing before. Right. But, you know, it's, it's, it's been good. So, you know, I made it clear when I took this position that, you know, my, 
my goal isn't to be the vice president of a minor league baseball team. So, um, you know, I'm not saying that I'm going to leave in two months, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I have bigger ambitions and I just wanted to be upfront with them on that because I don't know how long I'll be here. Maybe I will be here for 10 or 20 years and finish my career. Um, Maybe I'll have an opportunity, you know, um, in a bigger role or a a higher level. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that is kind of still what is driving me. I want to get to that level. And, you know, I feel this is, this is, I say this one a lot is I feel like an undrafted free agent and I've got a chip on my shoulder. And so I'm going to outwork everybody. And, and everybody's like, oh, I'm a hard worker. I, I will outwork you, you know, and that's the bottom line. And I think another part of your journey towards becoming the president of a, a professional sports team is, is this podcast, um, the Andrew Haynes. Absolutely. Show. So I think, I guess if you could go into a little bit more detail about what your vision is for the show um, and then the relationships you're, you're trying to build with the type of people you're trying to build them with. Yeah. I mean, it's the podcast is really cool because it lets me get a few things out of it. Number one is I'm able to connect with some, some highly successful people in a variety of positions, a, a variety of levels, a variety of uh, sports teams, or, or vendors. And number one is I'm going to learn as much as I can from them. I'm going to ask questions that will help position me better um, with my knowledge and help me be more successful. But the cool thing is I get to share it with everybody. A lot of times I have these calls with people privately, but now let's help other people that are in the sports world. You know, let's you know, I, I think it's going to be a great way for, for people in our sports industry to hear from other people in the industry. Hey, how'd you advance your career? Uh, what do you do that's, you know, um, that makes you successful? You know, what's your leadership style? Um, what do you look for? Um, you know, I think it's, from me, um, I'll probably get out as much as our guests will you know, that are on the show and, right. you know, we want to promote them and, and, and highlight them. But for me, I'm going to pick up the knowledge, you know, I want to pick brains. I mean, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to learn as much about their success and failures as I can to better position me. And um, I'm kind of excited about it. I've never done anything like this. So <laughs> I'm and obviously I like to talk. So, <laughs> right. but you know, I, I think it's going to be a fun time. Um, and it's going to, it's going to be a fun journey the next, uh, the next year. I agree with you. Um, I mean, I think that's, that seems pretty clear. We're going to have a lot of sports business professionals on here from, um, well, we're going to aim for, uh, the major leagues. Um, but I think Andrew, you know, a lot of people from a whole bunch of different kinds yeah. of leagues and a bunch of different sports. So uh, we'll probably we'll mix have, it up some too, yeah. you know, because yeah. there's, I think there's, there's lessons to be learned from, from all levels. And, you know, there's some, you know, the cool thing about minor league level is some of the um, creativity that, that is there on the the marketing and everything else. So um, I I think, I mean, obviously being in minor league sports, I, that's where a lot of my, my personal, personal connections are. 
Um, so we'll, we'll definitely have some of them on, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I want it to be a good variety, you know, people that, uh, are in the partnership department, people that are in ticketing, people that are in the, the creative, even operations, you know, just yeah. let's, let's talk about all facets of the sports business. You know, I, I don't want to get into like, Oh, this is the best pitcher in the league or, <laughs> You know, I, there's a lot of people that do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let those guys, because I don't, I'm bad with names when it comes to that kind of stuff anyway. Um, <laughs> but when we're talking, you know, hey, you know, what what's the cool, you know, what, what technology are you using, you know, for your, you know, partnership, you know, platform? What, mm-hmm. what ticketing system are you using? Where do you see, you know, um, you know, how do you see, you know, digital content, you know, changing over the next five years? So, I mean, there's, there's just so many areas that we could talk about. There's so many cool people in, in this business. Right. Um, but uh, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. And I think you brought up a good point. And this happens, I think this happens in just general business as well. A lot of the minor league teams are striving to be like the major league teams with the huge cash backing. And they, they, they want to be as big as possible. Yep. But it's interesting because the same thing happens the other way around too. All of the major league teams are trying to figure out how they can be like these minor league teams and drive all of these fans to their stadiums and to all the different events that they have. So it'll be interesting. I think it'll be really helpful for all levels of sports. Um, anybody that's looking to get into a career in sports or anybody that's in a career in sports just to to have 30 minutes to listen to somebody else that is an expert in their field. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. And we, we've got, uh, we've got some really, really good guests that, uh, that have already agreed to come on and, um, and we're just kind of getting started. So uh, I'm excited to, uh, to get this thing, get this thing rolling. Appreciate your help with it too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, with that, I mean, I think I think that's a wrap. We uh, we covered pretty much your entire career. <laughs> You're gonna have to cut that thing way down. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. I mean, we got we yeah. we got into to just about everything we wanted to get into the good, the bad, and the ugly. All of the things that you've learned along the way. Um, and I, I think I think this is a great first episode. To be completely honest, so um, is, is there anything else that you want to tell the audience uh, in your first episode of the Andrew Haynes Show? Well, I mean, you know, going forward, I mean, you know, it's not about me, you know, I mean, obviously this, this first one is to kind of get to know me for people who don't know me, but I mean, it's really going to be centered around, you know, our guests and and the business of, uh, of sports. So, um, you know, outside of that, you know, uh, like I said, I'm excited. Uh, I'm easy to connect with on social media. I've always been easy to, uh, easy accessible, um, so feel free to reach out with questions, comments, um, if somebody, if you have a guest that you want us to put on, um, uh, we'd, we'd love to, you know, get any recommendations so we can get the best possible, um, guest. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, uh, thank you for sharing your story so far, Andrew. Uh, it's, it's been fascinating for me and I think it'll be really fascinating for everybody else that's listening to get more context on you before they jump into future episodes of the Andrew Haynes show. So I appreciate you answering all the questions um, and, and thanks for the first episode. Thank you all for listening to the first episode of the Andrew Haynes show. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please remember to rate and review it wherever you listen to your podcasts and we'll see you next time.